Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Inspiring Times with Amenti. And today, um, our guest is going to be James Wilson. And James H. Wilson II, actually, is the owner of ICS Collision Center. Uh, he serves as a team visionary leader for his company. Um, ICS Collision Center uh, also serves as president for Skills USA. He's also on the Kansas Board of Directors for that. Uh, is a mentor, coordinator, ambassador for South Central BNI chapters, a redshirt operation volunteer for Wichita festivals, and currently serves as honorary commander at Mc McConnell Air Force Base. Uh, he is married to his wife Tara, um, and his uh, children are Zoe, Evie, Mia, and baby Ava. They're all uh, animals, so they're fur babies. Uh, Mr. Wilson graduated from Derby Senior High in 1989 with a focus of architectural engineering. He continues his certification with the National Institute for Automotive Service Excellence, ASE, and completed the LEAD Derby Leadership Program through the Kansas Leadership uh, Center. Um, an interesting fact, uh, I'm sure we'll get into more of that stuff with James as well, but he enjoys motorcycles and snow skiing trips with grade, his grade school friend, Carl. Uh, continuously self-improvement through his BNI Global Ref Referral Organization and network with people from around the world. Um, and he agrees with Will Smith and is not afraid to die on the treadmill. So with that, uh, I'd like to welcome James. How are you doing today? Great. How's the Menti doing? Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know, I'm, uh, I'm uh, out taking a couple of days uh, of relaxation with the family, but um, you know, doing our recording here, um, it's set for this to be able to be broadcast on Thursday. So uh, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to meet with me. Absolutely. Uh, I couldn't hear you that good, James. Uh, are, is the connection okay with you? Uh, yeah. Okay, there you go. A little bit better? Okay. Yeah, yeah, much better, much better. So that was a great introduction um, from your bio, but... Uh, Tell us a little bit about what uh, what's going on right now with you. Is there anything special going on? Well, there's always something uh, unique and special going on. Uh, <laughs> that being said, uh, our our business continues to evolve, and so we just recently, in the last couple of weeks, added a concierge service where we offer a complimentary pickup and delivery in an enclosed uh, climate controlled trailer for our um, clients who uh, desire those services for their, for their vehicles. And that's pretty awesome. So um, not many people know, um, first of all, I met you uh, about three years ago when I first started with Mitchell. Um, and uh, since then we've developed a very tight relationship, um, not just as far as a professional level, but also as a friendship as well. So um, it's been definitely an honor um, to have this opportunity to talk a little bit more and get to know you a little bit outside of just what we talk about with Mitchell. Um, but it, what was the one thing though, I did want to talk to you about before we get into the other things is um, give, give me some feedback on how you think, you know, Mitchell is doing to help your business grow. Well, we, we initially made the switch for two distinct reasons uh, one was the fact that uh, we would retain our um, information and our files um, as opposed to the system we were using, which uh, it's, uh, they own or they retain that info. And then secondly, since we work on the 
heavy-duty, over-the-road trucks and RVs and coaches. Uh, Mitchell offered that uh, additional platform where we could uh, we could write those uh, write those estimates uh, accurately and fairly. So those are the two big reasons we switched. Um, and we continue to enjoy the changes that, uh, that Mitchell goes through. Um, you know, it's cool seeing now with, uh, uh, in, in the cloud, how, um, like with Toyota, you know, you can make, you know, three clicks and add 25 line items, you know, for certain vehicles. So that's, that's really cool to see. Um, so yeah, we just, we just enjoy the system and, uh, knowing that no system is perfect. They're always going through changes. Um, I really appreciate the fact that Mitchell continues to focus on, on making the system better for us and for all their users, quite honestly. Well, I'll tell you what, James, you've done, you've been an outstanding customer of mine um, for the time that we've been together in that aspect. Uh, I do have to say that, um, you know, we definitely are growing uh, and we're going to be keep growing and bringing more value to the shops. And I think that's what it's all about. And that's one of the things that, you know, with the inspiring time with the mentee is, is to talk about one of the things that really help you grow, you know, and as far as a, a business standpoint, um, you know, that that's important and we want to be there for you. But what else is going on with you for this, with everything that's going on with this pandemic and or whatever you want to call this COVID-19 how are you adapting to the changes that you've had to make for your business? Well, certainly internally, our uh, our cleaning measures have uh, been expanded. Um, so we uh, go through the shop twice a day. Um, so we're wiping down door handles, locks, lights, anything customers, um, as well as our technicians, we touch throughout the throughout the business day. And then on top of that, um, we implemented the, the COVID-19 uh, uh, disinfecting uh, cleaning to the vehicles. So when they're first brought in for repairs, you know, we disinfect the vehicle on you know, numerous levels um, before our technicians work on the vehicle. And then as well as before we deliver it to our clients. So that's probably one of the biggest changes that we've had to implement which hasn't necessarily been a bad thing, quite honestly. I think it's, it's just good business practice uh, to mm-hmm. elevate the, you know, your, your cleaning. Um, it just increases the health for, you know, everyone that's, uh, that's involved in a process. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the changes definitely that, that is uh, being taken. Um, is there anything that you did um, out of the ordinary when this all first started? I mean, we all, we all had a lot of concerns about the industry. I mean, even though that we were essential workers, there was a lot of things that were affecting us, you know, because people were scared to go out, you know, they were afraid to, to venture out and so forth. Um, was there anything other than you know, the concierge service that you've developed, um, the cleaning procedures, was there anything else that you did for your business to um, keep yourself going? Well, we've been we've been blessed in many ways, as you said, for for all of us in the collision industry. Since we fall underneath that transportation category, we were, you know, we're listed as a, a necessary business. And um, what's helped us was also the fact that we work on coaches and RVs. So, you know, with the shift of people's um, uh, lifestyles in the sense that they are limited on what they can do. Um, 
RV and coach sales have just uh, exponentially grown. And so we have a lot of new drivers out there who are learning how to tow these vehicles um, and having collisions with them. So that has mm-hmm. helped us, help, help kept us busy. Um, it, it, go back to the question again. I think I got sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> I think I went no. down a bunny trail there. <laughs> nah, no problem. No problem. Well, you know, the question was, you know, when, when this all hit and when business dropped down, what, what did you do different to try to maintain any kind of momentum to keep going? Uh, I know oh, a lot okay. of shops, you know, had just, had just like folded into, you know, a cocoon, you know, oh, but exactly. I know. Exactly. Yeah. So what, what was something that you might've done different? Okay, so what we did different is, and we know this, uh, I, I know a lot of the people in our market um, who were in marketing and sales, and so many like the MSOs and even the independents, they cut or just totally turned off the spigot for their marketing budget and their outside sales team. Um, and we did the exact opposite. We pressed into that. We spent more time and dollars on our marketing efforts and where I felt it made the most sense to spend the time and the money. And so for us, it's all about relationships, just like the mm-hmm. relationship that you and I have. Um, that's what sets you apart from your, uh, from your competition is the fact that I can call you and you can come down here or you can walk us through a conversation. I, I've talked to you more. I talked to you more in a month than I did our prior um, estimating software company within like six years. So relationships are key to us. So what we did different is uh, we send out personalized cards. And we did that not only to our existing clients, but we focused on the insurers in our market. Mm -hmm. So we sent out upwards of 400 uh, individual cards to these insurers, these agents, um, just working to cultivate that relationship, but beyond that, reminding them or letting them know, more importantly, that we are here to serve their clients' needs. Whereas right. many shops during that time frame, and I, I know you're aware of this, they not only turned off the, the marketing spigot, but they just, they, they, some of them closed down, you know, for, for two to four weeks. So, right, right, right. So, yeah, we went the opposite direction. We pressed into that to reaching out and just reminding people, hey, we're here to, to serve you, to meet your needs, um, at the very least to educate you so you can make an informed decision about your, um, about your repairs. So, right. Right. And that's huge. And that's huge. So, you know, besides just being an entrepreneur, all right, for, you know, your own body shop, um, what out of all the things that, you know, we listed that you do, which one of those, you know, side things that you're involved in brings the most value to you, do you think? Uh, great question. So I would say I enjoy so many of them. <laughs> I enjoy, <laughs> I, I really enjoy being involved as an honorary commander out of McConnell Air Force Base and being able to connect um, the, uh, the, 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 uh, I'm drawing a blank here. And the uh, people out there at McConnell to the civilian world, because so many of these are young people who have never traveled outside of their own city right. uh, and not aware. But I, I think at the end of the day where I really enjoy, I feel like where I have maybe the most impact outside of my own business is within uh, BNI, which is Business Networking International. It's a, it's a global community of 270,000 plus members. 
And what I really enjoy is the fact that not only am I becoming educated um, on best business practices, leadership, management, um, engaging fellow team members, um, but I'm also help, I'm able to turn around and share that knowledge with these people. And it's just not on the local level. It is truly a global community. So um, I'm, I'm speaking with people in Scotland, India, London, um, Canada, all around the world. And we're learning from each other, which I think is just simply amazing because especially now with, with COVID, um, you know, we're really fortunate here in the United States because so many places around the world are still on lockdown or right. limited on who can get out. Um, and so when, you know, you look at PTSD and people's, you know, depression, how that's just growing, um, very rapidly because we're not socially engaging. I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. and I and our zoom calls, it just, it's an amazing platform to connect with people and support them and help, help keep everyone, um, you know, help keep everyone with a positive mindset. And you know what, and that's, and that's huge because, you know, if you think of anything that positive, you know, I always try to look at things that are positive that come out of things. Um, the one thing I would have to say positive um, with this COVID is the virtual um, communication. Uh, you know, it seems like uh, a lot more people are able to meet people uh, via, you know, Zoom or WebEx or whatever that is um, to be able to, to, you know, instead of just being on maybe a call where you don't see somebody or, if you know networking across the states or throughout the world that gives us an opportunity to actually talk to people more um and know a face to a name right i mean that's that's one of the most important things i think is really helped with this is that the communication wasn't just thrown away completely would you agree yeah absolutely i agree with you 150 percent there it's just the fact that you know we're not alone here in Kansas, the United States. I mean, knowing that we're all facing it at, at different levels, I think if you are able to show any compassion or empathy, um, yeah, that's that's just a huge thing simply because, uh, you know, what choice do we all have, right? Do we all just shut down and become hermits or, you know, do we continue to support each other and, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and just engage those members um, or people, friends, family around the world who you never know, um, you know, as far as the timing. I mean, maybe you'll just meet someone once and have a conversation, but maybe that's all it takes to keep them on track, you know, keep them from uh, becoming even more depressed or doing something even worse. So, right, right. And you know what? We're, we're, I, we're both men of faith. And so, you know, I got to ask you because we talked about that and I do a lot of stuff for the homeless. And I do a lot of stuff. I'm trying to do more stuff for Vietnam veterans, but you know, how much of your faith has been involved in some of the things that you do? I, I believe it's, it occurs on a daily basis um, from the sense that, you know, um, I don't know how to put it. Um, I don't, you just, you have to live by the word, you know, you, the way I look at it is it's just, you meet people where they're at, but you, in doing so, you allow your faith to guide you in those conversations and you never know what direction a conversation may go. Um, 
you know, I've, I've had grown men in my office here where, you know, we start off the conversation just, Hey, how's it going? Oh, the world's great. And then 10 minutes later, you know, they're in tears and I'm praying over them. And it's, you just, like I said, you have to meet people where they're at. And I, I just, I'm a firm believer. You allow, you know, God and, and faith, um, to, to direct you and, you know, allow, you know, God's word and works to flow through you. If that makes sense. No, no I mean, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, again, I, I mean, I start my days out with devotional readings and a little scripture, um, you know, uh, a chapter of each, each scripture that I do. Um, and that really sets my mind on what I need to do about moving forward for my day uh, without it. Uh, I find myself um, not truly focused on how to have the best day possible because, you know, God gave us free will and the free will that we have gives us the opportunity to bring value into people's lives. So I think that me personally, I like the fact that as I, as I grow more spiritually, um, everything else around me increases, you know, everything else gets heightened, you know, from my, from my work relationships with people to, you know, personal relationships it, it that to me is what has made me successful and I, I can go back and look at time where you know i've had things happen in the past and it because of my faith now you know as well as i do you know miracles don't just always happen the next day could they happen the next day absolutely it could actually happen that day but you know things that we do we might not see the fruits from that for a couple of years down the road would you agree oh i wholeheartedly with you on that um there's uh some educational things i've been doing this week and it's funny we're having this conversation in the direction it's gone now because uh, a couple of things that have stuck in my head was um it was a quote and i forget who it's by but it says um if you change the way you look at things the things you look at will change which i found very interesting you know because that kind of comes back around to perception as reality so you know, when we, when you allow um, your faith to guide you, you know, and, and provide that moral compass, um, then I think that follows through throughout your day because um, it allows you to pay attention for those, those guidance and leadership opportunities, um, whether it's via email or conversations with people you just meet throughout the day. Right. And right. at the end of the day, I, I like to think that we all believe the world our day it in a better place than you know, the morning we will. So if we can impact just one um, in a positive way, um, I think we've done our job for the day. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All it takes is one person a day. So my next question is going to be to you. It's going to be a three-part question. It's going to be the first question is going to be, what's the most important thing you've learned in your life or business? It could be life or business. And then the second part of that question, well, the second part of that question is going to be, what was your life before learning it? And then what was your life after learning it? Okay. You're going to make me think here now. <laughs> I told you. I tell everybody, uh, every did, single person, nothing's going to be easy. Those, yeah. And those are all um three great questions wrapped up into one, one big question. So one of the most important things that I have learned, uh, for me, it, it, 
it boils down to relationships at the end of the day. And I, I learned about that, uh, I hate to say it, relatively recently, within probably the last seven years, I'll say, uh, because just the way I was raised, uh, pretty much with, the, with my single father and two brothers, since mom had passed away at a very young age, um, I think dad did a good job of raising us, but we didn't have strong relationships um, you know, outside of the family. And so uh, just as I grew in business and choosing to become more educated, I learned that relationships are, are really the key to everything. Uh, you have to, you have to be an active listener, right? They say that, you know, you've got two ears, one mouth, use them proportionately. And that's the one thing I've learned to do is just really actively listen to what people um, are saying. So you really, yes. so you really can hear them, you know, because um, I think that's one of the weaknesses in society today. And we see it at any topic anymore. is just a hot topic, right? It's a hot potato. Right. Taking pause that James you're cutting out a little bit and, and, and have healthy conversations and they choose not to embrace relationships because for whatever reason and I think it's just that you know whatever their perception is truly is a reality so I'd say within the last seven years um, I've learned uh, that relationships to me is probably the most important thing uh, before I learned how crucial relationships are, I think I was kind of a chi- uh, bull in a china cabinet. I burned a lot of bridges growing up, uh, you know, working at other shops. Uh, I've had some- hey, James, you're starting to fade out. Uh, is that better? There you go. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I would say, yeah, before I learned relationships are key, like I said, I burned a lot of bridges, um, probably uh, ruined a lot of relationships that I I probably shouldn't have, or if I would have handled things differently, um, I could have saved and probably had those relationships today. But at the end of the day, um, retrospect, I'm able to look back and realize, you know, the destruction I'd created within relationships that I had or could still have today. So now that I'm aware of that, moving forward, um, I value each and every interaction with anybody I have, whether it's, you know, clients or vendors, um, friends, family. Uh, I'm learning to slow down, which, mm-hmm. uh, you know me well enough. I mean, from the first day you came in here, I think you waited an hour before you even could, could talk to me. Uh, so <laughs> I'm going, it's just the way I'm built. I'm, I'm built as like a worker bee. And if I have to sit down for more than five minutes, I'm going stir crazy. But I'm learning the older I get, um, as well as, like I said, learning the fact that relationships are so crucial in, in not just business, I mean, in, in life. Um, I, I've been able to slow down, focus on spending more time with people. Um, not near enough is what I'd like to. Uh, you and I is a good example. There's days I feel guilty because I'm not, you know, call, calling you or, or, you know, coming up to see you or whatever it is. But I'm learning to slow down, appreciate relationships, and just really try to bring value to that relationship in whatever capacity I can. And we all know relationships are messy. They're far from perfect. They don't always go well. 
but at the end of the day, I know I, I can lay my head down at night knowing that I did my best that day to try to leave a positive impression, you know, in those relationships and in my community. And that, and that's huge, James. And, and I give you a lot of credit for that because see, a lot of people don't realize that they don't, they don't realize that listening is such a key factor. And, you know, that's one thing I've learned in, in this part of the business is that to try to listen to people a lot better and hear what they're saying and see how I can make a difference in helping them. So that, that's huge. And I agree with you hundred percent on that. So since you're bringing that up, here's, here's something. If here's another question for you, if I could remove all barriers and constraints, what project would you do? And would you want to be known for that project? Or would you just want to be like kind of anonymous about, about doing that? Great questions. Great questions. So if you could remove all the barriers and constraints and constraints on a project. Yep. um, What would that be? Yep. What would that be? And would you want to be known by that project? I think for speaking for myself here and the industry that I'm in, uh, you know, there's great frustration out here with this independent shops of how consumers are not aware of their, of their other consumer rights. And if I would be able to, yeah, you'd be more than myself. It had to be bigger than myself. So it had to be, you know, whether it's the Kansas Auto Body Association or just a larger group, being able to educate people about their rights, about safe and proper repairs, um, about the dynamics of having a third-party payer involved in in the repair process, um, that would be what I'd really want to do. Uh, because at the end of the day, I mean, you know me well enough, um, much like another shop owner here in town, we focus on spending an exorbitant amount of time more than any other shop, at least in our area, with the, with, with the clients that walk in our door, um, let alone, um, you know, we haven't been able to James, you're, Hey, James, you're fading out again. Okay. And move a little bit. There you go. Okay. Um, I don't know where we cut off. At the end of the day, I want to be able to educate all consumers about their about their consumer rights um, regarding you know their vehicles. They can take it wherever they want to. Um, you know they can take it home and fix it. Or they can take it to any shop, but they don't have to be. They can't be steered, you know, um, by the insurer to go to you know a discount repair facility. That's that's where I really where I'm passionate about is educating consumers so they can make an informed decision about a safe and proper repair. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. makes a lot of sense. makes a lot of sense. Um, try to stick around in one spot because if you're moving, it, it kind of fades in and out when we're talking. Yeah, I'm, just, um, I'm just sitting right here. I don't, I'm not moving at all. <laughs> okay. Um, so my next question for you, it's going to be um, then, what is your best tip for making this world a better place with all the chaos that's going on, whether it be COVID or or racism or all this other stuff what is the best tip that you can give somebody to help them make the be- uh, world a better place um, i'm just going to speak to what i do and that is i feel that we should all 
figure out who your your polar opposite is and whatever topic or subject that really sticks in your craw, so to speak. Um, and I, I'm sure you know most of us have friends who do not agree with us 100%. But I think you should – my advice is to reach out to those people on the other side of the aisle, so to speak, who have different and opposing views. Set your views aside and just have a conversation with them. Sit down, have a mm-hmm. cup of coffee, whatever it is, go to lunch. But just have them share their beliefs with you and why they believe what they do. And don't say anything. Just actively listen. And then, yeah. and then once they're done talking, then just ask them more questions. You know, help, help them help you to understand who they truly are and why they believe those things because you could get down to the root of something and find out that maybe they just believe whatever it is because of something that happened to them when they were say eight years old right or maybe it's a misguided perception but it opens up the conversation when you when you don't go into a conversation with your walls up and your 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 defense mechanisms just sit down and have a frank conversation with somebody. Just actively listen. Um, I think that's that's how we can pull through this. Uh, if more people do that and just show, you know, empathy and compassion, and realize we're all struggling. You know, we all have our our own personal battles on top of the chaos in the world right now, and we just need to set those differences aside and just truly engage people and look into each other's eyes and realize. Hey, we're all humans, you know, together. Um, let's, let's make this work and quit allowing um, outside forces to dictate um, how we treat each other. That's, that's cool. Advice. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. So let me ask you this. If you could turn back time and talk to your 18-year-old self, what would you tell him? Buckle up. It's going to be a heck of a ride. <laughs> uh, no, you know, if I, had, if I had to go back and tell myself, um, I, would, I would definitely tell myself to, I can't say work harder because I've always worked hard, but I would say be uh, more focused and intentional in my actions, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, when you're, when you're, at least when I was 18, I think yeah, at least most guys are probably this way. You know, we're distracted, you know, whatever it is. You know, it's girls, cars. Um, you know, had I known then what I know now, yeah, just I'd say be a little more focused um, on, you know, write down your goals. Um, I know I didn't do that when I was 18, you know, because uh, we don't think that way when we're young. But, yeah. Right. To sit down no. try to map out, you know, you know, next five years, you know, where you want to go and then. You know, reverse engineer that and then plan out your daily actions, which will lead you to those goals. So, right. Right. You know, that's always a tough question to ask people because, you know, would I, where I'm at today in my life, I'm very happy to be where I'm at. You know, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I, I guess I might, what I would say is the fact that even though I, I wouldn't want to change where I'm at now, but you know as well as I do that if you go back in the past and you make any changes in the past, of course, that affects your future, right? So um, I, I guess I would agree with you there, just giving the best guidance that I could for myself um, and hopefully still end up where I'm at today. You know, 
Um, that that's what I want to hope for. But um, so situation uh, that touched your heart um, and, and changed something in your life. So, I mean, what what was something that touched your heart that made you make a total change and moving forward with that area? As far as just any life situation or? Yeah, any life situation. Touched my heart. question yeah i'll give you i'll give you an example so um i was in detroit at a conference and while i was at uh in detroit for this conference i was um at a at a local bar you know just having watching some football and having a drink and um i received a phone call and i went to go take the phone call outside and a homeless man had come up to me and i shunned him and after i got done um, with my day, the next day when I was doing a reading, I, I, uh, basically I had the Lord tell me, Hey, listen, what if that was me asking you for some help? Would you have done it? And after that point, I always make sure that when I'm on the road, I have extra stuff in my car in case I come across a homeless person and give them that, you know, um, I believe in giving them water or fruit or whatever I have available when I'm out on the road. So that was, that's an example of what touched my heart and made me change the way I move forward from that point. Uh, I can think of a few instances and I'm, I'll just, I'll speak to the one that's coming top of mind. Quite honestly. Um, we had a, uh, a young man, uh, had an accident with his vehicle. He was rear-ended by a motorcycle. Um, it was a long drawn out process with him. Um, but I spent the extra time. My, my team spent the extra time of walking him through the repair process, dealing with two different insurance companies and uh, just trying to keep him uh, even keeled and uh, informed throughout the process. Like I said, we spent probably four to five times the amount of time with him uh, just because I, you know, I felt it was the right thing to do because that's how we treat all of our clients. Um, at the end of the day, he, he came to pick his vehicle up and, and, um, it was, it was low on fuel. Um, actually it was, it was probably empty. So I followed him up to the gas station. Um, and, uh, I, I felt the right thing to do was to, to fill the gas tank up. So it was like, it was like 50 bucks, you know, and which wasn't the other world. I just, I felt drawn to do that action and, and he's like, hey, thanks. I appreciate that. And him and his, his girlfriend took off. And I'm like, oh, you know, they're young. They're young couple. And I didn't think anything more about it. And then it's probably six weeks later, um, I received not only a thank you card, but a handwritten card. Mm-hmm. We're talking from like an 18 year old person um, with um, $50 cash in there and just a very heartfelt thank you from him and his girlfriend for everything that we had done. And that moment I, I did, I, I teared up because, you know, we don't like so many of us in, in business, we don't hear thank you enough or um, just the appreciation. You know, we usually hear the bad things. Right. And it, it set me back because it wasn't just anybody who was saying thank you. It was this young, 
very young person and his girlfriend and the fact that they took the time to hand write a note and mail it um you just you don't see that anymore i mean that's that's like us you know our older generations right right and so what that how that touched my heart was the sense that it reminded me that the efforts that we put into our business with engaging our clients and and helping to educate them it does matter you know whether or not people acknowledge it it does make a difference in people's lives and whether or not they choose us for their repairs um it that doesn't matter to me um, because i know that if i can at least help them you know educate them for so they can make that informed decision that's what matters to me because i may not be the best fit for them but just that that one was really heartfelt um in so many ways so well, that's a good one. That's a good one. So we're going to start wrapping up here with one more question. This is one of my favorite questions that I love to ask towards the end um, because it really, it's really interesting to see what people's uh, response is to this. So um, if you could have dinner with any three people, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Oh, well, you are <laughs> – now you're in my world. Okay. Um, I would say one would be Thomas Sowell. Um, he is a professor at Harvard and yep. he has written, you may be familiar with, familiar with him, but he, um, has written numerous books, uh, on economics, relationships and things. And, uh, the reason I would want to meet him and he is still alive yep. is just to, just to learn a little bit more about him because what I appreciate about him is he can take high level information um, from, you know, up in the clouds and boil it down, bring it down to where someone like myself can actually understand it, digest it and actually enjoy reading a book about economics. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, another person I like to meet and she she is she is deceased, but uh, Anna Polikaskaya, she was a uh, Russian journalist, and she wrote. She embedded herself in Chechnya and other parts of the world to report factually what was going on um, around the world, you know about the. Um, the atrocities that were going on that never hit the mainstream media, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, yeah, she was assassinated in a, in a hotel elevator. Um, and they're, they're pretty sure they know who did it. But the fact is I would want to have a conversation with her so she could, I could, I could hear it firsthand from her, the things that she saw and witnessed as well as, what uh, her thoughts would be today, you know, it's like, because she's not around, it's like, well, what could we be doing different? What should we be doing different now um, to, to make a difference in the world? If that, right. if that also makes sense. No, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. So who's the last person? Oh, I've got a, I've got a few here. I'm thinking of, <laughs> um, 
Oh, let's see here. <laughs> now, nah, I mean, there's there there's there's so there's so many here. There's so many. Um, I tell you what. I just want to say I want to make sure I pronounce his name right here. Um. Sorry, I'm drawing a blank on his name. Good Lord. That's great when you get old. Um, <laughs> okay. Oh, well. um, God, there's just so many of them. Um, well, it's, it's only got to be the top three, though. I mean, so there's yeah, got to be someone that no, no, sticks no, out. No, no, no. Uh, Okay, well, I'll I'll just we'll leave you with this one here. Um, I was thinking of somebody else, but I, I I'm not for some reason I'm just I'm, I'm not remembering his name here. Um, Doctor Deming, um, he was professor of uh, SPC TQM uh, type of processes and understanding um, processes and implementing those um, everything from like the you know the Toyota way, um, the processes that they implement and how systems work within themselves um, and the reason i want to sit down and 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 listen to him and and pick his brain is to understand um how he got to where he was at uh in understanding these things um because everything i've read about, it, it, there's nothing that i've read historically about him it's more about hey you know here's the issue here's the process um, you know, this is how, you know, the, the unknown and the unknowables are and, um, you know, the, the quantifying and qualifying of, of different things within your processes. I just, that'd be a long conversation because I, I think in my head, although <laughs> the things I've read, he's been very good at uh, breaking it down. So uh, in the layman's terms, but I would say he would definitely be a third one. Well, those are definitely uh, three different uh choices there um i didn't see any of those coming um from the time that i've known you but i do know that <laughs> i do know that you read a lot of books and uh a lot more books than i do that's for sure and uh i tell you what uh you know it's very interesting always hear what people you know want to be able to sit down with uh for dinner and just have a conversation with them and learn so um you know i've, I've gone from you know people saying that they want to sit down with uh jesus uh uh, Mother Teresa to to Hitler to you know so I mean it's it's always an a, an adventure to hear what um, people think of other people to be able to pick their brain and and find out what they can bring value to them so that's huge so I, I mean we could we could absolutely go on for hours talking but I just want to thank you very much for you giving me the time um, to let people get to know you from a different level um, again this is inspiring time with a mentee so it's not. Uh, based off of just all work. It's about stuff with your faith, about um, different things that you would do, read, help. So I, I think that uh, we got a lot of an opportunity here to get to know you a little bit better. So I thank you for giving us um, this interview. Absolutely. No, it's it's been a pleasure speaking with you and, and uh, just, yeah, talking about things in general. And hopefully uh, this brings value to someone who listens it, listens to it and you know, understands that, um, yeah, our, our actions matter, our words matter. And, you know, at the end of the day, um, hopefully we are guiding, 
these young people that are around us uh, in a positive way that will make a difference in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. So before we end this first thing is anybody that's listening to these uh, podcasts, please like, share them, um, spread them around uh, so we can bring value to other people. Uh, next thing is, first of all, we'd like to give a, a special thanks to all our law enforcement out there, police, firemen, paramedics, dispatchers, as well as any of our hospital staff um, that are out there um, working on the lines with anybody dealing with COVID. Uh, to all our veterans out there, thank you for your service. For all those that are serving right now, we greatly appreciate you sacrificing your time and energy to protect us. As well as to all those Vietnam veterans out there, we need to say a big, huge welcome home, as always. Uh, and the bottom line is, you know what? Inspiring Times with a Mentee is to help you bring value to your life. And I hope that we do that in these interviews. And as always, uh, God bless. So thank you, James. Absolutely. Thanks for inviting me. Take care.